I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and welcome to another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today with me, I have a guest where we go way, way back. When I say way back, way back, uh, high school days. Um, so similar stomping grounds in terms of high school. And then, um, you know, hear from this man a couple years later, he's a youth pastor. It's like, what? Where's who shot? Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, over the time uh that I've known you, always been a positive influence in my life. I know that definitely. Uh so much so that uh if you listen to episode six of the podcast you understand why i am not christian and why i'm not a church goer but <laughs> this man has the seal of approval and i've told him multiple times if ever i do decide to walk that road again uh that's where i'm picking up the phone and heading so what's going on beef slowly but surely man we're gonna get you back in the fold <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> nah, man. good man thanks for having me on man like you said we go way back so it's like talking to family let's do it yeah all right so Let's talk about it, man. Um, just saw you, you know, was a guest to speak at another organization. Um, so the the understanding that I have is that there's a, a business behind yeah. um, being a pastor, right? And mm-hmm. that those are actually uh, paid speaking engagements. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about the business behind it. Um and how that really works well the business behind it is um you know and for me it's a lot of my speaking engagements aren't just church-based so a lot of them are you know motivational going to high schools going to colleges um and some of them are christian-based some of them are um, preaching engagements so um i would i would say that the speaking engagement world just as a whole man is a is a different type of business because and you would know you you do it um it's 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 more so about connections than anything, building relationships, um, word of mouth, one person hear you speak, then the word travels to this person, to that person, to that person, to that person. Um, so, you know, for me, whenever I, go in, whenever I go into an environment, I understand that there's always someone in the room that can connect me to somebody else. So I give a hundred percent. So I would say that that's the foundation of the business. Um, and then it moves on financially. And then you have, you know, your assistant that does the booking and you know what I'm saying? Okay. Then you got certain things that you require. So, you know, it, it's a, there's a lot to it, but at the foundation, at the core of it, it's really just relationships and connections. <clears throat> um, you were right when you say, I know I did it. Uh, but what my problem has been is, uh, I'm having the issue of rebranding in the field, right? Mm. Um, it was much easier to get speaking gigs when I was clean cut, well-shaven, um, yeah. and much less controversial. I- I'll be very honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you awful. Go ahead. No, nah, go, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, what's crazy is that even in my world, like I'm not the suit and tie wearing pastor. So for me, like that was the same, you know, I had that same issue and that same, you know, wall that I had to break on as well. So like we come, you know, you and I come from a place of like, we just outsiders. Like we went to school with a bunch of outsiders. Like that's just always been, we're creative. Like we went to school with the most creative people you could ever think of. So with us creatives, it naturally like seeps into what we do. And when you're a creative person, you don't fit the mold. 
But when people when you open your mouth, people know. I right, yeah, he know what he's talking about. You, you know what it is, uh, and I I think you know what would help uh, my rebrand efforts. Mm-hmm. If, if I just made a demo where I didn't cuss and and put out yeah. more <laughs> stuff where I didn't cuss, but that might help a little bit. But you know what's crazy? Like, and it's funny because you and I are similar in that when I go to even churches and I say things that a lot of them will not say, mm. you know, I'm not going to change that because there is this notion that professionalism is what gets you to the top. And in go. today's day and age, it's really realism. Like yes. realism is what makes you, and I'm not focused on getting to the top. I'm focused on making an impact, impacting the next generation, impacting the people that I'm around, my Let's community, go. so forth and so on. So in order for me to impact my generation and impact the next generation, I have to be who I am. I have to be real. Um, I'm not going to be disrespectful, but at the same time, I have to be me. You know what? That That's some of the realest, that's some of the realest shit I've ever heard because Word. the truth is, um, you know, I look back to a guy that's a motivational speaker now. His name's Life, right? Um, mm. Not sure if I, I shared some of his stuff with you, but, you know, I met him. We was both in the military in Okinawa back in, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah. And I credit what he did as far as having impact on my life as saving my life, right? Because, like you mentioned, we were a bunch of weirdos in school, but we also, like, I, I know me personally, I left Brooklyn with that black boy attitude, yeah. uh, that Brooklyn attitude, that chip on my shoulder. So, like, bro, when I tell you, I, I was bugging. I was wholesale bugging some days. Like, <laughs> I was on, like, I was on point, right? I was mm-hmm. on it before anybody else was on it. And it got me in trouble a lot. Um, and I was just angry and I didn't have nothing to express. So when he showed me some of the ropes with, uh, just expressing myself and doing uh, spoken word, that sort of thing. It really just kind of allowed me to just kind of crack my shell and return to being me. Yeah. Return to just kind of thinking about things and utilizing my gifts instead of using, uh, letting that anxiety and that, that desire to, to, for more to control me and break me. Mm. Um, So I definitely agree with you when it uh, comes to impact. Um, So would you say that what's next for you is more so expanding as a speaker or are you diving deeper within being a uh, faith-based speaker? Um, So I would say that I, my faith is a part of who I am. So it doesn't matter what I do. That's going to seep through. That's going to come out. Um, that, that, that's just going to be a part, like, you know, at the end of the day, you have to know your audience, right? When you're going to speak, like, I can't, you know, where we from, I got to speak to the youngins a different way than how I'm speaking to the youngins in the suburbs. I got to speak to everybody has to hear the message in a way that they can um, relate to. So as far as, you know, my brand and what I'm building, um, I would say that it's always going to be faith-based because that's who I am. You know what Mm. I'm saying? But I do think that there is going to be, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is that Christianity and, you know, obviously we'll go into that a little bit more. Christianity is really about love. Like it's really about love. It's really about loving God and loving people. In the Bible, it says that's the biggest command. I know the church makes it something else and that's where we get so confused. Um, So for me, my brand is about going and reaching everyone with love. Everyone. Like being able to, 
what I'm saying? It's like when you hit me, you was like, yo, you know, I may cuss a little bit, but I'm like, yo, this is us. Like, this is how yeah. we communicate. I've always known you to do that. I can't change that. I don't want to change that. And I'm saying it's, it's, it's family. So whenever I go, I approach my speaking engagements like it's family. And so the response mm. uh, that I get is people are like, yo, man, I never heard uh, the gospel in that way. I never heard faith. Um, being said in that way, like just real, raw and loving. So, yeah, I would say that my brand is really just, you know, going. it's touching a place of love. And, you know, one of the things, too, is that even even for me, it's respect back and forth. Right. Like yeah. I know I cuss, but part of it is realizing that there's areas that I've been into where I can't speak like that. Right. right. And when I'm around, you know, elders like. Let, let you have been a, a 75 year old woman on this podcast yeah. i'm not cursing in front of you right or, yeah. it's, and it's different even if you come to like this is something that i've put on where it, it's in the branding yeah if i put it in the branding it's one of those things where i now feel that it's appropriate whatever i do here right yeah um, but at, and at the same time it's still that reach out to you is let to let you know, like, because I know a lot of people that they misinterpret the language to say you're trying to offend is to let you know, I'm not trying to offend that yeah. even with these words it's love. Yeah. Right. Because they was, they was giving to me is uh, some love, you know, it was, and you know how it is being West Indian, man. We, oh. we curse at you just cause we love you. Oh, that's, 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 you know, and you know, what's crazy is that, there are going to be people that listen to this that are, you know, in, I guess you would say my side of the world or Christians or people that are involved in church that will say, man, you just accepting anything. But at the same time, it's not mm -hmm. me accepting anything. It's me um, loving people right where they're at. And I think that's like, that's my brand. Like my brand is loving people right where they are at and not having them, uh, trying to reach to where I'm at or trying to reach to where somebody else is at, but understanding that they can be who they're called to be right where they're at. And then there's going to be growth from that. You know, what they may, may also fail to understand is that when you come in the space, being who you are, um, regardless of what the other people do. Yeah. Right. Um, we come from a space where no matter how grimy somebody is, you, you, you play to the level of the decent, the most decent right. person in the room. Right. right. That's how we was always taught. If everybody around is some scumbags, it's whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, if anybody around carries themselves with that sense of repute, you go, yo, don't don't do anything in front of that man because you don't want to bring him into this place. Yeah. Right? And I think if anybody go ahead and listens back. The worst thing I said in this one was shit right <laughs> and it's it's a sense of respect right Facts. um and even with with um you know my mom my mom might pop me because I, I might slip up in front of my mom every now and again she mom might Asian, right? yeah yeah but you know what happened with my mom it, it sometimes it's a little bit of a get back i'll be real honest with you on this one right she um mm -hmm. my mom cursed a lot when i was growing up right 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 and then she got in the church and that was that yeah. she don't curse at all and I've told her, you know, part of what I think she uh, may have given up with the cursing is she's given up telling people straight as it is. Right. Um, because now it's like, OK, now you don't curse and you also let people do whatever the hell they want. But that's so that's so crazy because 
a lot of us don't realize how many things can be inherited from our childhoods, like from our parents. Um, so the same people doing the same things we doing is telling us not to do it at the same right. time. And it's like, you know, my mom, my mom has the same story. Like we were, we grew up, she wasn't into the church like that when I was coming up. And then later on, as I got older, she got into the church. So, um, but they were, you know, even if they weren't in the church, they still kind of kept those morals. They still kind of kept those standards. Yeah. Um, but it, they wouldn't keep it for themselves. They would keep it for us. You, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? That's why so, I'm a little boy in bed walking to church by myself. Right, right, right. So it was kind of like, you expect me to live a certain way, but you're not holding yourself accountable. So then when you get older, as a man, as a person, by the time you hit 21, you lack accountability for self because you saw the adult in the house not do the same. Yeah. I mean, it. And for me, it's more so just, I, I'll be very honest with the reason I curse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, part of it is the way that, you know, I, I've witnessed people talk growing up, but, uh, not the majority of it. The majority of it is being in the military. Um, everything is sent, said in almost an offensive way to desensitize you to the fact that if something does go down, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be talking to you nice. I'm not going to say, can you please go get the medic? I'm going to say, right. go get the fucking medic. Right. Right. There's a sense of urgency there, right? Um, where you gotta understand it's not a disrespect thing, it's yeah. an urgency thing. And what I did was, you know, I got the ability to watch my my weirdo artistic creative ass watch people get really creative with their language. Mm. Right. Um, and what people would call a sign of ignorance, there was a guy that I knew he immensely smart. He was one of our instructors uh, when I was going through this uh, this school and he'd curse. And this is where it goes a little bit off and it may sound like vul- vulgarity to somebody. Yeah. But he will say something like he'll teach you the thing. Let's say he was teaching you how to crimp a cat five cable, which comes with, you know, this intricacies. You got to understand wiring and all this. And he'll explain it to you. And then he goes, no, put the fuck in the fuck shit. And everybody understood it. Mm. So what my stance was, was now I'm taking some of those idioms and some of those terms that we learned. It was, oh, well, you curse like this because you don't have the words or you're ignorant. And I'm going, no, that was really creative what he just did. Yeah. Use two words to convey what he meant. And we all understood it and nobody had any questions. And if he used any other words, we would have had questions. Yeah. Right. I think that's dope. That's dope right. because I think he not only did he display um, his his frustration well, I think it was a sign of emotional awareness mm. because when you're aware of the situation, especially as a black man in America, sometimes you have to be stern. You have to raise your voice. You have to, like some people don't mean like I, I give you a story. My wife was giving birth to one of our kids. We got mad kids. <laughs> she was giving birth to one of our kids and. I could tell that the baby was coming um, and the doctor's like, no, you know what I'm saying? It's early. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they're really just being chill about it. And my wife is going crazy. Like she's hysterical. Like it's, it's like, you could tell she's in pain and I know my wife's body. I, we've done this before. Um, so I know that she's getting ready to give birth, you know? So then after a few minutes, you know, after a few moments, they come, they open her legs and they they like, Oh, the baby is about to be out of here. 
And so I, I'm, you know what I'm saying? They only came because I was really pressing them. Right. Another time, you know, you know, the, uh, they do the epidural shots before the, sometimes before the baby comes out. If you're, you know, if your wife or your partner doesn't go natural, they'll give you a numbing shot. She got the numbing shot, but they were trying to get me to get out the room mm. while they were, they said it was a sterile process. Only the patient can be in the room. I said, throw a robe on me and I'm staying right here. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to let them understand, like throw a robe on me. I'm staying right here. I'll put a mask on. I'll put a gown on. I'll put the little head thing on. I'm staying right here. And I wasn't moving until they, until they gave me what I needed so that I could make sure and ensure that they were treating my wife's body the right way. So I feel like for me, it was a sign of, I needed to be emotionally aware of the situation as a black man knowing that at any moment they could do anything to my wife. I don't trust the medical system here in America at all. They could do anything to my wife. And I needed to make sure that she felt protected and cared for as a man. So, you know, sometimes you got to be stern. And and that's exactly what it is. There's a a time and a place for everything. And that's really what uh, I guess my understanding in life is for these things. Um, All right. So let's talk about it, man. You within the speaking business right mm-hmm. we talk about it a little bit there's um you got to send out a whole bunch of emails mate i'm not sure how much uh i know you you mentioned that you do everything based on connections but uh is there a reaching out are you reaching out to any organizations is there any sort of campaigning or marketing uh on your behalf as a speaker or is it more so flow what is your secret sauce for getting um, gigs for so me it's because it's crazy because like this whole year i've been booked up like crazy like i've been booked the whole summer fall like now i'm starting to kind of like wind down and then i'm back at it january in trinidad and then february somewhere else and then march i'm in alaska it's crazy they fly um, you out yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but for me like you know what's crazy? I don't do any reaching out, any promo, any like mm. it just, you know, I was doing it for years. So, you know, people are just coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. Now mm. I've built up like I know, okay, this year I've done this conference. They probably gonna call me again. They're gonna call me again and again and again every year for that same conference. Gotcha. Um so for me, you know, I don't necessarily do the whole reaching out thing because again, especially when it's faith-based. I don't want to seem like I'm hungry for money. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, rob anybody's pockets. And you know what I'm saying? Like people see me as a stand up honorable dude and I don't want to have to do that. But when we do get into those negotiations, when we do talk, you know what I'm saying? My assistant is very professional with them. She's very, you know what I'm saying? She's very detailed and she's, you know, laying out everything that we need, everything that right. you know, I'm low maintenance, but you know, we got to make sure that everything is set in stone. Um, so for me, nah, I don't do any like reaching out or promotion. It's just like, it's just a flow right now. Man, I can tell you on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. When you start and it's, um, when it, when you start and it's not faith-based or it's not a part of any organization mm-hmm. and you, you have to go out and you start looking for those conferences. For me, man, I was hustling, mm. right? Um, and sometimes it pans out. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. Uh, it gets to the point where I go back to the the drawing board. I got to rework a demo. Um, yeah. And then you you got to go back and see who's hiring who, right? Mm-hmm. Did this person hire this person one year? Maybe they don't want them back for this conference. They're going to want somebody new. Let me see if I can slide my name in there. So yeah. it, um, 
I, I like the fact that you said that it's much more passive. And I think that's really what I've been doing with the podcast is saying, look, yeah. Yeah. what I really care about is impacting people and impacting lives. And I don't got to hustle <laughs> to get to nobody's stage for that. Let, matter of fact, let me just go ahead and build the stage. Right. Yeah. I think people got to see you. So I always tell people like when I'm coming to speak, whether it's at a school or a church, I'm coming to serve you. I'm not coming as a hired worker. Like that's the, mm. you know, that's the notion. That's the idea that I want to give off. You know what I'm saying? That's the concept. My concept is that I'm here to serve y'all. So right. as you're asking me, hey, what do you need? I'm also asking you, what do you need? You know what I'm saying? Is there anything I need to know? Is there anything you need me to do? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just making sure I'm throwing myself out there as a servant, as somebody that's here to serve y'all because y'all invited me to serve a purpose not just here to speak and to show my brand. I'm here to serve a purpose. Most conferences, a lot of people don't understand. First of all, most conferences have a theme. Most conferences have a topic, whether you're at a school, whether you're at a, at a church, whether, right. whether you're at a, a university, an institution, whatever organization you are speaking to or at, most times, 95% of the time, they're going to have a theme, they're going to have a concept, and they're going to have an idea behind the, the thing that they're throwing. You right. want to Sure that you're serving that purpose you want to make sure that you're serving that concept and idea and then i'm telling you they're going to keep calling you back because you gave what you were supposed to give you understood the assignment you know we say it all the time she understood the assignment he understood the assignment well a lot of people don't get booked again because they don't understand the assignment they spend <laughs> 20 to 30 to 40 minutes just talking about themselves talking about their brand making themselves look good as opposed to serving the cause Oh, you must have been listening to episode five where we talked about uh, people and their personal brands, right? Mm. So people get so caught up with their personal brands, they forget that if you're a speaker, if you're a coach, if you're whatever, that this is about adding value and sharing value. So you should know what you're doing for the audience. So, man, thank yeah. you for sharing that. That was definitely on point. Um, all right. So what tips do you have for anyone who is looking to get into the speaking industry, maybe they're faith-based, maybe they're not faith-based. Um, what, what advice do you have for them? I mean, you got to find something that you really care about talking about. You got to find something that you really care about. And it has to be something that serves someone bigger than you or something bigger than you. It has to be, it has to be. My thing is like my, if you ask me, like, what is your purpose as, 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 as far as leadership, speaking and all of that my purpose is for people to see god or to see love in a different way as opposed to what they were always always shown as a child so mm. when people uh come around me and they hear me talk about therapy they hear me talk about um things that aren't really talked about in the church and i say stuff like you can still love god and still go to therapy like you can still you know what i'm saying you know, go to church, but still, you know what I'm saying? Go here and make sure that, you know, your body's right. Make sure your mind is right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you know, so for me, like my whole, my whole, uh, you know, brand for lack of better words, my whole brand and my whole concept, the concept of my life is so that people will see God in a totally different way as opposed to how they're used to seeing. So for me, it's like, Hey, two things you're going to get from me. I'm going to talk about relationship versus religion. That's what that's every time you book me, we're going to talk about those two things. If it's in a faith based um, situation, obviously, we're going to talk about relationship and we're going to talk about religion. And we're go always going to 
um, point more towards relationship and we're going to kick religion all the time. That's me. I'm uh, always yeah. kicking religion in the face. That's the type of person I am. Some people <laughs> like it. Some people don't. So that, that would be my tip, man, is to find something that you really care about and then draw the line. So if I'm going with relationship, then I'm drawing, okay, relationship with God. I'm circling that. And then I'm drawing a line from relationship with God to relationship with family, relationship with your children, relationship with this, this person, that okay. person, this with so, yourself. So what you're telling me is you you've been you made a career out of going to these churches and making mm -hmm. first ladies clutch their pearls as you told them that God wasn't tripping. Facts. <laughs> I like I made like, you know, what I'm saying like I, I made sure that people understood that it's like serving God is not about perfection. Mm. People hate that. People hate when I talk about that because like, if you look in the Bible, the Bible says his grace is sufficient, which means, which means that we were created to be imperfect to need him. So yeah. if we were created to be imperfect to need him, that means there will always be something wrong with you. Man. You're always going to have a situation that's going to mess with you. There's always going to be some type of problem in your life. That's going to lead you back to grace. So that that's my that's my message. You know what you 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 said some things that really hit on with me, and I, I think this is why a, a lot of us really can't find our way uh, mm -hmm. back into the church. And what why the reason I say that is the places that have been the closest to convincing me is, you know, I went to church with my my one of my best friends, right? Yeah. My guy, and this was a church down south. And, um, you know, we started wrestling after the service. I was like, he's like, yo, be careful, man. I got that on me. I was like, yeah, we just came out of church. Right, right, right. Said, yeah. He said, I go nowhere without it. And he was talking. Mm -hmm. He said, the pastor put me to the side one day. And, you know, I just said, look, he, he told Peter that you'll die by the sword. He didn't tell him give up the sword. He just make your decision. So I said, man, that's that's um." It's interesting because another thing that this man said to me pointed to the reason why I know that it was not pushed on, right? And it's truth out of season bears no fruit, mm -hmm. right? And, I, and I've saved that as one of my favorite sayings where it's like, mm, if you're not ready to give up something, you're just not going to give it up. So right. I say all that to segue into has it always been Shaq is love and, and God is love and all of that? Or, you know, let's go back to, you know, how we know each other. We both know uh, young. We know each other as young, angry. Black, <laughs> right. Um, so what, what type of things have you gone through in that phase of your life that, uh, some people may look at you and go, maybe that's a little bit controversial for where you're at now. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on, man. Like, you know, for me, you know, you and I talked about this. Like, we were, like, we were in a space, an environment yeah. where, number one, you couldn't even dream. Like, in your head, you couldn't even dream <laughs> of anything past your block. To me, uh, Midwood and Nostrand, was my life that was going to be the rest of my life i was going to do that and i was going to go to wingate park every day and that was just going to be the rest of my life 
Work. You, you go to Wingate Park. You, you work it. out with the bartenders. And that's it. You do one arm pull up, so you go. You know what? I'm gonna get my one arm pull up up so right. that I can knock dudes out one shot. Right. You and so, like work. for me, for me, man, you know, and this is you know pointing back to relationship. The reason why I'm so heavy on relationship right. is because I lacked, I lacked that as a child. You know, so I didn't grow up with my dad. My dad wasn't around. He wasn't there. It's funny, actually. I don't know if you see my my last post about him. I actually made a post about him saying, "Man, I'm I'm letting him go." You know mm. what I'm saying? And that was just me being transparent. But um, me not having him in my in my life, I looked up to the dudes that we were seeing every day. Like, yeah. he don't got a job, but he got a Benz. He don't got a job, but he's fly. He got polo on. He got some right. Air Forces on. You know what I'm saying? His diamond earrings is shining. But he don't got a job. He's out here on the corner every day drinking 50 cent sodas and eating chips and hollering at the girls, the underage girls from high school, which is crazy that I thought was normal. But anyway, right. Um, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I was definitely mad. I'm like, God damn it. Like, leave something for me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so for me, I kind of gravitated towards the, the street side of things because I didn't have that, you know, so. You know, there was a moment where, you know, I, I jumped into the crip situation, um, did that for a little bit and, you know, didn't do nothing too, too crazy. But I had I had to me, at least I had men saying that they're proud of me. I never got that. Never Bro, felt that. Listen, you know what I'm saying? So even if I'm doing something wrong, even if I'm wilding, even if I'm saying stuff I'm not supposed to say, at least these dudes is proud of me. You listen, feel what I'm saying? Bro. At the end of uh, episode six of the podcast, my mom came back around to me because she listened to it. And mm. she asked me, she goes, you always talked about joining this gang. You always talked about, you know, being blood and doing this like you're proud of it. Or is that something you're proud of? And I was real honest with her. I was like, yeah, ma, that was the first time that I really felt accepted mm. by people. You get what I'm saying? Um, and I think a lot of people really take that for granted because you know, look past the fact that I did that, look past what you think it means, that little bit of investment, that <clears throat> though, that little bit of emotional investment from other brothers saying that I, I'm proud of you. And then them coming around and go also being like, yo, you the smart one, go ahead and get on the fuck out of here. Like, back. bro, that put a battery in my back. Yeah, that, yeah. That, and a lot of that, people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand. I tell people this all the time. The, the smartest person I ever met wasn't in a board meeting. It wasn't in a room full of scholars. It wasn't in a classroom. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't like the smartest people I've ever met were people that were sitting on the steps, drinking a 40, smoking some weed, and probably doing things they should not have been doing. Like Same. those are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And I probably wouldn't be who I am without those conversations. Saying the wildest, most prolific shit that you've <laughs> ever heard. Right. Thanks, yo. I, you know what? I had to tell one of our brothers, right. Um, Cause he, you know, he was worried about how he was doing it because he, he went back to that life. Right. And he told me, he was like, yo, I used to go up, wake up in the morning. I grab my cup of coffee Right. I got my blunt so people know I'm outside and I'm sipping my coffee as I, I'm smoking my blunt. And I told him, I was like, yo, you know, not for nothing. You do the same exact thing that these dudes in these boardrooms do. Facts. Right. They and have the same routine, same, same routine. routine. 
and they doing the same, doing it for the same reason you doing it. When you doing it, you said what you doing. Oh, you got your ear to the ground. You outside early, so you see in who moving what and what information is flowing. They're doing the same thing, right? Same. I say, yo, if you think those people is more intelligent than you, I work with them. They're not. Right. They're right? not. They're not. Half and of them, they wouldn't know, bro. They wouldn't know what to do with a dime bag, much less, <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? Like, they wouldn't know what to do with that. They'll look at it and be like, what do I do with this other than smoke it? Right. And I think there's a, a lot of fear that brothers have about getting into business. Listen, you know math and you know how to read about a fifth grade education. You could work in corporate America. I, like, I, I, won't, I wouldn't lie to people about this. Right. Yeah. You, you about a sixth to fifth grade education. If you can read that well, you can yeah. you can do almost yeah. anything. It's two it, things, man. You got to you got to be able to dream it. But then a lot of people from where we're from. The, the only thing that corporate America has is you got to change for it. You got to change for it. Like mm, you got to be able, you got to be able to look a certain way, be a certain way. Bro, I can't remember. I think for the last 10 years of my life, I probably only wore a suit maybe three to four times. But that's changed recently, bro. That's that's since changed. Like California that's, actually has a law that says they can't discriminate you uh, against you yeah. on drugs, right? On what you hear, you got going on with your hair. Um, yeah. A lot of these interviews are now happening online. So all you need is a good internet connection, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's opportunities right now for brother, a brother could sit in Brooklyn, go on the Google certification, do all of that, and then start looking for remote jobs and sit right there in his house and make six figures. And that, that's the world that we live in now. So my thing is the opportunity is open. Yeah. Right? How long are we going gonna say that? you know, it's easier to take the chances we be taking. Why is it easier to take these young Dolph chances, right? Like, why is it easy to take these blicky chances and these drill chances yeah. uh, than it is to just ask a motherfucker for some money for some exchange of services? Like, what are you afraid of? The no? Yeah. you. I think, I don't even think it's the no. I don't even think a lot of these dudes know that the yes or the no is available. It's the mm. education. The, it's the information behind it like think about like i live near a, a, a city named petersburg petersburg was the first black settlement in the state of virginia gotcha. right now median income for the city of petersburg is between 25 and thirty thousand no, dollars it's like you. it's the hood it's the hood yeah like do you know that there is uh there was a report that got sent to me and i can't remember the exact number but there was a large percentage of people that don't even have internet in Petersburg, like a large percentage of people that can't afford internet, bro. Wow. Like, like when we, like, we got to understand, like in the hood, like these are people that are fighting for their lives every day. These are people. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the brother that's, I'm talking about the dudes that's going every two couple weeks, uh, mm -hmm. going around collecting money for Za, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about brothers that's tied in for Za. I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about, you get what I mean? Yeah, but I feel like I feel like a lot of them, again, a lot of them, they haven't been able to dream past that. Like they just haven't been able to dream past that. So it's going to take people 
Obviously, it's going to take a lot of work because of, you know, the systemic things that have been passed down for a very long time. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to take people to go back and to really start educating the community. It's going to take people to to find like people that you can mentor, find people that you can put under your wing and say, yo, man, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what we need to do. I think what our communities are missing is real mentorship, like real, raw, authentic mentorship. Forget these teachers. I'm sorry. I don't care. Get these teachers that's in your school. Get these guidance counselors that's right. only worried about you getting uh, your, your credits right. They're not even worried about your emotional state. How is a guidance counselor not even talking to you about your emotional and mental state? That, this that's is one of the things that even when you look back to when we was in high school, right? right. I, I look back at what I know now being a hypnotherapist um, and what I, I can piece together about my 15-year-old self, my 14-year-old self, my 16-year-old self. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers was asleep at the fucking wheel. Oh my god, you get what I'm saying? Like, there there was enough for each person that we looked at in our circle where I could go back and go, why y'all didn't send a social worker to her house? Why y'all didn't do any of these things? What like how how did we get how did we get through these situations with some of the shit that we were going through every day? Right and. Now, now we we can look at it and say, okay, well, gentrification is happening. Yeah, yeah. People is literally sitting on a stoop across from the projects, drinking smoothies, right? Walking their dogs. Yeah, walking, they feeling comfortable. That's what's going on right now. Do you think that there's a benefit that comes along with that to where now brothers that are right there in those projects can look across and see them smoking, uh, drinking smoothies, and go? Well, maybe I could get a smoothie too. Do you think that's maybe a benefit to gentrification? Nah, it's, it is no benefit gentrification because, yeah, you could get a smoothie too, but you ain't going to get hired at the smoothie shop. So, <laughs> so it's no benefit to it. Like, they're like, dudes is they brought a Chick fil A to Brooklyn and they didn't hire nobody from Brooklyn. So, Don't where the fuck sense. did they get the workers for the Chick fil A? Away from Kentucky or wherever they got them from, trained them, brought them over here. Obviously gave them some bread to live in the city. Nice city Get the living. Fuck out of here. I'm dead serious, bro. Bro, you tell nah, they had you telling me they had people frying chicken, making living they, wage yo, in Brooklyn. Yo, one thing I'm gonna tell you about Chick-fil-A, as much as they be wilding with that, they know how to do business. Like they know Chick-fil-A, first of all, you go into any Chick-fil-A, you're gonna get served in like two minutes. No, but what I'm saying, this, is, this that's some real Machiavelli print shit that they it's did. Crazy, bro. It's crazy. So what they do is like I got a friend that was a manager, general manager for no, a regular manager for Chick-fil-A. And she would get flown out all over the country to train people. Like Chick-fil-A is like that. Like they really, I respect them because they really move like a business, oh, okay. business, yeah. business. You know what? But you say Chick-fil-A, we think in McDonald's, we think in Kentucky. That's no, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, we think in our head, we think in the regular hood, Popeyes up the street. Like, okay. ain't no way. But, okay, but then there's also the other end of that, right? Yeah. Hove comes in, he drops Barclay. Tons of brothers working at Barclay. Tons of jobs came I mean, in. Came in I would not necessarily call that gentrification. I, I would, you know, he's from there. You know what I'm saying? He's from. He sold his stakes as soon as he made his money. Come on, man. He sold, I think he sold his stakes as soon as he realized that there was no money, like it was never going to be able to compete with the garden. Like it was ne- like, I feel like they okay. really thought that it would, 
but like Brooklyn, people go to Brooklyn Nets games. Nobody's a re- really a Brooklyn Nets fan. No, nah, I thought. I, listen, I think that the the real money in Barclay was the music anyway, right? Facts. It's that wave where Facts. you had okay, six nine Casanova, like all of these dudes is popping, right? And now Brooklyn always has a wave of popular right. artists that can right. pack out those stadiums. I thought that was the the route he was gonna yeah, go. I, you know, I think, man. I think. It, I mean. It, it definitely gave a lot of people because I, I know a lot of people that started working there. Um, a lot of people got jobs there, but I wouldn't necessarily call it um, gentrification. What I would say is I do think that how people moved around it was gentrification. Like a lot of people saw, I know, um, you know, white people call it opportunity zones, which is crazy. They call it opportunity zones, but, you know, it's gentrification. But they saw a lot of these opportunities. They saw this, they, there was going to be this massive stadium that was coming to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's already a place of of bread already a place of money you right. know what i'm saying one of the biggest markets in the country right. so they were like okay now you see the barclays happening once the barclays was getting built all these other stuff was getting built around it so it wasn't just the barclays that was getting built it was all these other buildings and and businesses mm-hmm. and franchises that was getting built around it so i think the the the, the gentrification came surrounding that i do think that the barclays started it though okay all right so in terms of solution, you said one of the things that you think we need to return to is this true mentorship. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a, another route for us, right? And yeah. I think it's part part of the reason that I'm setting up some of the things that I set up. I right. think um, setting up these online course academies where people can go to get the education and yeah. then coming back around uh, from the back end in the future, what I would like to do is actually have uh, yearly scholarships. So 2022 is probably the first year that I'll have a scholarship going. And this is where we just, man, we, we push out, uh, free courses and I'm going to be targeting high school seniors and high school juniors. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there needs to be more programs like that. Even when they program, like what you have, where, you know, what you do is speak. Is there a, is there a course attached to that? Is there exercises attached to what you do? Is there a way that it can be monetized where it's fair for you, but we still get that information to the people that need to get it that may not receive it? Um, yeah. I think that's really where it comes to, you know, being business owners, uh, we owe it to some of these causes that we believe in to be a little bit more strategic about how we do business. Sure. And I think, I think um, you're absolutely right. Again, anything that we create, anything that we build, um, you know, we can create a good infrastructure within it. We can create a good system, a good strategy that, you know, enhances the community and has a lot of good things and positive things in it. I do think that in order for people to get connected with that, we have to get these kids to see themselves as bigger than rappers, bigger than basketball players. We have to get them to dream when a kid like. When I started to really dream, it wasn't until I, I left New York. Like, it, I really started to dream. And when I really started to dream, I, it, I thought to myself, man, if I could think it, I could really do it. Like, because if I could think it, I wasn't able to think this before. But now I could think it. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think being able to, the city, obviously, we can't control what the city does. But we do need to put pressure on the cities. We do need to put pressure on city councilmen. We do need to put pressure on the school board to hire people that will help these kids dream. 
Stop right. hiring people that will keep these kids limited. Stop hiring people that would uh, that don't understand these kids. You know what I'm saying? Stop hiring people in the community that ain't even from the community. They, 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 they coming into the school in Flatbush and they live in Jersey. They live in Bloomfield. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. You live in Bloomfield, New Jersey, and you work in Flatbush and you leave every day. You leave, you pass the project. They don't got a million little, like, I know a million women living in Brooklyn and brothers living in Brooklyn that got teaching degrees. Stop it. Stop it. Right. Right. And exactly. It's, it's certifications. Too many of them. Too many of them. Too many right. of them went to Brooklyn College. Too many of them went to, to this college and that college to make sure that they were able to be educators. Why don't we have enough um, Black educators, people from the community? And I think one of the things that we have to do as a community is mm -hmm. um, we got we to gotta do our part, which is we got to do our census. Like, we got to do the census. Man. The census. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like a lot of people don't agree, Listen. but I'm telling you, guys, there's no way we fill <coughs> population for okay, 30 years. I can, I, can 40 years. You, I can give it to you. Maybe that is important if we want to get those tax dollars that will roll back into the school. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'm a bit out there, bro. Um, Let's, we could talk. Let's do it. I, the way I think it should should be is I, I really do think that. Um, we got to start identifying where the gap in education is for our children. And we mm -hmm. got to start making that a marketable program um, to get inside every house. Right. Like th yeah. this is it's starting to get a little bit redundant to me. The, the things that we say that our people don't have access to. And then we see our people not paying rent, but wearing Balenciagas. Like I, I'm not I'm not taking I'm not giving nobody. Uh, no passes on this one. There needs to be full accountability. Right. If your child got a phone, that means they can learn something on this phone, right? And yeah. you are, the, I, I don't give a fuck where you are having a rough time at. If you have access to the internet, it's no reason you shouldn't be taking a shot when it comes to some of these internet businesses. It's no reason you shouldn't be taking a shot when it comes to learning the information. Um, I'm personally tired of us, right? Our generation now, because now we got kids and we talk yeah. about, oh, well, they didn't teach us how to do credit in school. They didn't teach us how to do taxes in school. They didn't teach us how to buy houses. Okay, so you know all of those things. I need y'all to sit y'all asses down and talk about the process of buying a house and record that and then talk to your kids about it when they reach those ages, when right. they reach 15, 16, 17. There's too much of us not giving the attention, care, and effort to our kids and then talking about we don't know. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, and it, we, we know it's bullshit because those lessons can be echoed, right, on what needs to be done. A crackhead could tell you what the fuck need to be done. Thanks. I don't think we need any more solutions. I think we need action. Like, if the... If the motherfucker strung out on drugs could tell you what need to be done, that means it's pretty fucking obvious and it's common sense from here. We just need to get the fucking work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's that's more so where I'm at with it, bro. Um, no, but no, that, I was gonna I was gonna say for me, I agree with everything you just said. Like we mm -hmm. we need to do all of that. But again, it's it's just something fishy. Again, you know, a lot of people are against the census and against voting and all that stuff. Like, I don't knock, I don't knock anybody's 
opinion on that because I understand why people don't do it or why people do do it. Um, but for me, it's like when I look at the percentages, right, for for as long as we've been in this country, populating the hell out of this country, mm-hmm. there's no way we should still be 13 percent of the population. Right. So and so because kids is 13 percent on their own. Right. Right. You know, what I'm saying? there's no way there's no way we should still be 13 percent of the population. I don't agree with that. I think that we are way more than 13 percent of the population. Um, okay. I do think when you break that down at, from a county perspective, city perspective, um, town perspective, um, then it, it looks even more crazier, because if we're only 13 percent of the population, then you get to go into a city and say, OK, there's there's 60, there's 70 percent white people here and 30 percent black hispanic in this community mm. so now we're going to hear the voices of these people because they're the majority and i think that they intend to keep it that way mm. so that the voice of the majority is louder and heard and the numbers are you know politicians always talk about numbers well your numbers and your ratings are always going to be up if the majority is skewed okay okay so if, if we go if we can't go this deep I, i'm thankful yeah. that i i invited the right brother on this part let's do it all right. I don't think we should be doing none of that. I don't think we should be wasting our time with voting no census and none of that. I think we should be investing all of our efforts in creating mm-hmm. large companies that roll up and uh, do profit sharing amongst each other because then we can afford some lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. I don't believe that people actually hold any sort of control in this country because why the fuck would 100 percent of the nation or even 51 percent of the nation vote to uh, have some of these things regulated that we still have regulated? Why would you vote to have pills that kill you before they save what the fuck they're supposed to save you from? So mm-hmm. that leads me to believe who is running this country is the people with the most financial backing sure. and they hire lobbyists and lobbyists get into the ear of the people that we elect. So I think we, we do a great job to get the people elected, but I don't think it matters what color the spinning top is. Yeah. You get what I mean? It's going to spin in the direction of the hand that turns it and the hand got some money. Yeah. Well, I I think here's the problem that we have in our community. We have a problem. Like we think we got to choose either or like you can, you can do what you said and still Mm -hmm. do, the other thing right so it don't take no it don't take much time just to write down how many people live in your house that takes 20 seconds literally 20 seconds but then then i gotta tell no no bro you not no i'm not telling i'm not telling the people the government how many people live in my house i don't know what they want to do i don't trust them i I, listen i get that that's what that's that's me I, i always say i get why people don't trust it i don't trust it right i don't Everything in this life, every especially in this country, everything is a risk. Right. Everything. Like they know, like they know how many people we got in the like they know. Yeah, nah. we got phones. We got like they come on. If they wanted to find us, they could find oh, us. I, I broke that down to somebody already. You don't, you don't this um, you know, when you get with conspiracy theorists, which yeah, you know, I, I think they're interesting as fuck, but um, yeah. you know, there's conversations about the market of beast, and I go. You don't need no mark of the beast. They don't need to put no chip in you. You walk around with this motherfucker all day. Right? They don't need that right now. They don't like, need it. They got chips in your car. You can't yeah, like, know nobody and they don't know. 
Okay. That's what I said. Like, so Listen. for me, I think, yeah, we we do need to, you know, financial freedom is our solution. Period. Right. Like financial freedom is our solution. At the same time, law, like law and government has to be a part of our list. Like we have that has to be important to us because like the influence, it don't matter. Like, think about it. A hundred of us could, could 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 hit a could be millionaires today. Right. Matter of fact, a hundred of us could have a hundred million dollars today, and mm-hmm. we still won't be the majority of rich people of people that have a hundred million dollars. Now, go ahead, go ahead. This this is I got a mitigating factor for that. Don't worry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What we got to do is we got to stop setting up businesses that only target us to get money from. Right. 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 For, we got to set sure. up businesses that. Ask everybody for money. You've never seen an economy in the world work without reaching out for other people's money. So if right. we say that the black GDP or the black uh, domestic gross uh, buying power is mm-hmm. $2 trillion, everybody was like, oh, $2 trillion, $2 trillion. You, know, you want to know what my, my capitalistic-minded uh, black ass did? Because I'm <laughs> influenced by people like we talked about earlier that want to know where the real money is. I said, if we're not showing you how much money they got. Right. You leaving 30 trillion on the table. Yeah. It's not just about what we get and we want to know what they got. (laughs) Exactly. So I've been, listen, I'm, I'm going to say it right now and I'm probably going to pull this out as a clip. I am begging. I am begging one of these smooth, pretty, nice skinned black women to put out a shea butter product and just kind of insinuate to other people with less melanin in their skin that this is an age-defying product. That's all I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to set up your product so that you can sell to everybody, right? Because Susan or Karen might want to stop the wrinkles from coming in. No, and they she got can to, pay for they that. They got to stop the wrinkles from coming in. <laughs> and they got to pay for that. You, right. We know she not. We know she not built the age young. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Why, yeah. why are we not using them? Oh, I know you want to look like me. Yeah. That's cool. You know what? Every, why don't we have... Listen, I reached out to our brother. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Big Eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, he doing all his workouts. Yo, bro, get a workout video together. I will put that on my online course academy. Mm-hmm. Right, because who don't want to look like you? Right, everybody want to look like you when you in shape as a black man. They swear that it's the best shape that anybody could be in. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's market that. Yeah, you, you I agree. Market it. Yeah, I agree that we have to do a better job of marketing promotion understanding the system, understanding, um, you know, carrying over the hustlers mentality from the streets into the real world, into the communities. Um, But again, I think that it's not going to happen overnight. And Mm. I think it's going to happen more than one way. I think there's, there isn't just one solution. It has to be more than one way. So while I understand people don't want to vote, I get it. People don't want to do the census. People don't want to do all that stuff. I get it. I understand it. I empathize with it. Um, I do think that our voices have to be heard in all aspects of this of, 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 of this side of things. You get what I'm saying? Our voices have to be heard. Like, 
And people think like, forget, it's not just about the president. It's about your mm -hmm. school board. It's about your sheriff. It's about oh, your right. city council members. You feel what I'm saying? Like these are no, the people we, that actually your governor, like these are the people that make your laws in your town, in your I area. We, we definitely agree on that one, right? I do think that if you do have the right to vote, that you should definitely vote for your sheriff, right? You should figure out as much of the local stuff around you because you need to understand how these people are operating, right? Right. And this could mean something for your business, right? Right. Sheriff Absolutely. And all of these people, they want to get reelected. Right. Right. So, for example, for me with my podcast, I could take my a, a bit of my promotion budget uh, and let's say I want to promote within my local area for the mm -hmm. next six months to a year. By the time year two comes around, I'll just need to go over to wh whoever's doing the elections and go, hey, I have this much of your market listening to me and this is their age and their demographics. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You got to come on here and talk about the things that I want to talk about. And this Absolutely. is how people don't understand, even with you being on social media, you, you're building these platforms. Like you got to, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're saying, a reason saying the same thing. There's a Cardi B. There's right. a reason that people was listening when she was talking about her taxes. Absolutely. And we're saying the same thing. I think you're saying it more from a, a like, yo, let's, let's finagle the system first. And yeah. then... Negative. I'm saying, yo, let's do both at the same time. Like, let's just bum rush the entire situation. Like, people don't even like. Again, knowledge is, is is everything. Understanding, wisdom, like all of that is power. People don't even understand that there is in every county, every city, there's a chamber of commerce. The chamber right. of commerce is the mediator between all businesses and the city. The chamber of commerce is the is the 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 office that lets the community know, hey, this business exists. This business exists. This business exists. This business exists. Right. And the Chamber of Commerce also um, is influential when it comes to the city council, also influential when it comes to things changing um, in, in the community. Like if we don't go out and get involved in who's the executive director in the Chamber of Commerce, who's the assistant in that area, who's running the whole thing. Are you like, supposed to know what grants is coming up when they doing the. The large, right. right. When they're doing the large city uh, event, how they supposed to hire right. your cleaning company? How they supposed to hire your truck company? How, you're right. There's yeah. a list. Every chamber of commerce and every um, city building get a list of all the businesses. They get a list of all the businesses in the community. And when they get them grants from the, the top, when they get them grants from the top, they allocate the grants into every business. If your business is not connected with the commerce, you're not getting that bread. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is why it's important to be able to know what's going on in your community and at the same time, hustle and 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 make your voice heard. I so I was gonna leave you with this little joke, right? So yeah. you mentioned voting earlier. Mm -hmm. I do agree that we should vote for local and your, your city councilman, all of those little people that you can go walk to and shake hands with, you should vote for those people. Yeah. Because that, that's going to really affect your area. And a lot of people don't really pay attention. I think that affected the um, the abortion rights issue that we saw a couple years back in the South. Yep. A yep. lot more than people think. Right. Um. So, again, vote for those uh, areas. But if I'm being honest with you. I didn't vote. 
I've never voted, right? And it's for one reason, and it's an extremely petty reason. I think I might have told you this before. Nah, you never did. Never told you? All right, cool. So I've never voted because when I was eight years old, I was in third grade, and they said you could mm-hmm. be anything you wanted to be. And I wanted to be the first black president. And when <laughs> I was 17, here comes fucking Barack Obama. <laughs> And I said, fuck it. (laughs) So four years later, when I could vote, I think I was like 22, right? And I could vote. And I was like, man, I'm not fucking voting. (laughs) Still feel a way about that. That's crazy. It's For me, again, everybody has the right to do what they want to do. You know, this whole, this country is all about picking sides. And I hate it. Like it's all, everybody feel like they got to pick a side. And so even if this side is wrong, if this is the side I'm on, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them I agree. And I'm going to act like I agree with this side as opposed to agreeing with the side that is right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think um, America suffers because of that. Our communities suffer because of that. And in turn, they get people like us that are like, you know what, whatever y'all want to do at the top, whatever y'all want to do over there, y'all do. We're going to focus on what we got going on over here. And it eventually is going to bring us to a place where, yeah, our kids are growing and yeah, our kids are, you know, impacted by what we do. But then, like, what do we want to leave our communities with, though? Like, what do we want to leave I'm just, the, the next generation of kids that aren't our kids coming up? I want to leave them with, number one, the tools and number two, the actual the, the actual system that I see influencing right. that system. Right. Um. City councilmen talk about money. All of these politicians talk about money. Majority of, the, majority of their conversations is about money and how to spend money and how to invest money and where we're going to spend this money and where would it look good to spend this money? Where would people like us to spend this money? So the, the only thing that I see um, really giving you true impact and true, uh, yeah. true power in this country is understanding business, understanding deals, being able to negotiate. Yeah. Like, like we've been saying, um, you know, if I've been blessed to come up around hustlers that that showed me some shit and really me how to Word. talk, right? Like if, you know, if I've been blessed enough to, to get away with playing arcade games in Yakuza fucking hangouts and hustling mm-hmm. other people with for money in the fucking arcade that's a fucking Yakuza hangout. If I've been so blessed with some of those opportunities, how can I use those skills, not nefariously, not ignorantly, like has been done in the past, but how can I use that within my business? How can I teach people how to negotiate? How can I teach people how to make sales? How can I teach them how to uh, convert business? And then when we are ready, when we are that powerhouse, when we are a million dollars, and I don't even think it takes a million dollars. I think you're making $50,000, go down to your chamber of commerce and start getting involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you are ready to move out, step into the room as somebody that somebody must take serious, right? right. Because you're not going to step with just you. When you step with a business, I do believe you step uh, saying, look, my business services this many people, this accounts mm-hmm. this many dollars that come in from people within your city, people are purchasing this product. You, you you either got to, it, it's really a, a situation where they got to get down to lay down. If people are yeah. already spending money with you, they want that money. Yeah, you got to know, like you said, 
knowing people, people don't understand knowing how to talk is so important. Knowing how to communicate, knowing how to express yourself and explain yourself um, thoroughly is very important. But again, using that voice to do what you're saying, building businesses, um, making sure that we are financially free, uh, making progress within our communities from a money standpoint, from a finance standpoint, um, but also knowing, understanding that, yo, your city council meeting is open to the public. It's open. Every right. city meeting in America is open to the public. You can go and you can talk. If nobody goes, these guys get to just talk about whatever they want to talk about. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? When they approve the 30th dollar general in your community and you don't get a chance to say, yo, hold up. We got enough of these already. What about putting this in this and this in there? It, it even get far more insidious, right? Like it when, when it comes down to uh, their cities in California, people think California is just this wide open pothead state, right? No. no. There's cities in California where you dare not, you dare not open up a dispensary in a city, right? Mm -hmm. If they find if they find a dispensary in a city, they they moving in with goddamn narcos, right? Right. Like a whole SWAT team. So it's it's really understanding that, even though that might be something that majority of the people in the city want, majority of the people who want it don't actually show up, like you're saying. Exactly. So, that that does make sense. It's um, I think one of the things that we probably should start talking about, especially when it comes to getting our people a little bit more involved politically, it would yeah. be um levels of engagement and mm -hmm. how we can become comfortable with different levels of engagement. Yeah, right. Because you know how we do, man. You got to slow walk us into everything. Yeah, and and that's you know that's my thing. My thing is, man. Like I understand, I understand the distrust. Cause you know, we can't, you know, we can't trust them. We just can't, yeah. you know what I mean? But we see what's happening to us. Like I was just watching the Ahmaud Arbery case, like a couple of, like we see, like they hunted that, they punished him. You okay. feel what I'm saying? Like, Bro, that, that, the... right? So see how we're, so there's no trust, but I understand, um, I understand where you're coming from. I, I also think that, you know, we got to demand, we got to just demand and we got, you know, we, we got to assert our energy and assert our knowledge and what we want um, in, in those rooms. No, I, I, and I definitely agree with that. And I think one of the things that is definitely being taken for granted by our people, and this is why I say we need to show up in these business rooms. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm being honest, I think that's where I see the largest gap. Mm -hmm. I see black people trying to operate politically. It's when yep. I look at business and I look in, in corporate America, it's, the, the the way that I see Black people operating in this space is I'm not sure that it's with the same intent. I'm going to tell you why. Can I tell you why? Okay. So Wait, I'm gonna tell you because I think to us, this is the door that opens that door. Mm. Right? The political door, getting the right people to establish <clears throat> the certain laws and establish certain you know things in the community, then we can do. So a lot of us think not me, but I'm saying a lot of people think, okay, once we get in here, then we're able to function over here. We got to deal with mm -hmm. this work. We got to make sure that, you know, laws and this and this and that, you know, because uh, again, there are certain laws that have changed that have made business easier for us as a people. Right. Um, so a lot of us think that that way for everything you know we think that the only way to open that financial door is through politics and that that's not necessarily the case all the time the the, the way to open any door is your brain 
<laughs> I agree with you. It's your brain. Right. All right. So in the spirit of wrapping it up, what would you leave the people with uh, as a speaker? You know, no pressure. Just yeah. uh, expecting no, a, say, a real powerful closer. Yeah. I would say, you know, process is everything. You know, everybody um, has a destiny. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a goal. Um, but you got to embrace your process. You got to embrace where you are right now and understanding that where you are right now is for a reason. And it's going to build you up so that when you get to your destiny, when you get to your purpose, you have the tools to manage that space. You know, I always th- um, think of, you know, the story of Job and Job, um, you know, he went through a lot, like his whole family died and everything like that. Um, but, you know, at the end of that scripture, Job said, when I'm done with all of this, I'm going to come out as pure gold. And I, I thought I think about the steps to gold. You know, the first step is, you know, that purification, that that separation process where they take the gold and they have to separate it from the waste rock. So the first thing you have to think of, what is what am I attached to that's causing my value to go down? What am I connected with that's causing my value to decrease? And then it goes through the purification process where it goes through the fire. The second thing you have to ask yourself is, um, how do I embrace the hardships of life? and turn it into a positive because everybody's going to go through the fire. And then when they pull it out, they shine it and they make sure that it's valuable to be used. So if you're going through something right now, if you're going through a hardship, that hardship may be the book that you need to get to where you need to get to. That hardship may be the speaking engagement, maybe the door for the speaking engagement or the business. Um, if, if you know your skin's breaking out, you may need to just make a cream that helps your skin and helps others. So I think um, process is everything and don't despise where you are right now because it's a part of your journey, your story, and your story is going to impact somebody. So love yours and, you know, and be loved. Let's go. He understood the assignment. That's that's what we should say. Right <laughs> All right, y'all. Go be great.